Hello, I'm Mercedes. And I'm Tash. And you're listening to episode 245 of Chat Disney. Welcome back to another episode of the Chat Disney podcast. And as you heard in the intro, the first of many normal episodes, Tash and I are back today, which I'm really, really excited about. I'm sure Tash is too. And to celebrate this momentous occasion, we have dedicated our episode today to just that. This is Mercedes and Tash reunited. We're going to be catching up about lots of different things. There's been loads happening in the world of Disney. So this is your opportunity to have a bit of a refresher over the past few episodes and enjoy Tash and I catching up. But before we head into all of that, let's have a quick look at what's been happening in the world of Disney this past week. So kicking off with Walt Disney World news today, and Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind has been awarded the Outstanding Attraction of the Year by the Themed Entertainment Association. Now, the Thea, as they are known, the Thea Awards, look to acknowledge exceptional achievements in the themed entertainment industry. Now, I haven't been on this ride, so Mercedes, I know you have. Hopefully you can vouch for this. And is it worthy of this prolific award? A hundred percent. It is without a doubt. I think the best coaster I've ever been on and definitely without question, the best coaster that Disney have ever created. They don't really make coasters. So, you know, it's slim pickings, but this ride is outstanding. Amazing. And a little bit of news closer to home, Disneyland Paris news. And after meeting guests from November 29th to January the 7th, Asha, who is our brand new Disney princess from Wish, coming to cinemas November 22nd, is going to be in Disneyland Paris permanently as part of Symphony of Colours. Now, Symphony of Colours is the brand new daytime parade that's going to be running from February the 10th until the end of 20. 20- Uh, September 2024 and it's actually replacing the Disney 30 cavalcade so it's probably going to be on a couple of times a day and if it's anything like that cavalcade I imagine it's going to feature various different characters and we do have confirmation that Asha is going to be one of them so if you're not going to Disneyland Paris this November December and you're worried that you're going to miss Asha you will have the opportunity to see her in the new year and funnily enough February the 10th which is the first day of Symphony of Colours is the last day of my upcoming Disneyland Paris trip so I am definitely hoping that the timings of this parade cavalcade work and that I will get to see her when I go. Heading over to Hong Kong for some news and today is the official day that Frozen Land is open. Very, very exciting. Our first Frozen Land in any of the Disney parks. And with this, we have a brand new character introduced into the world of Frozen. Mossy, who is a cute little baby troll, can be found wandering the streets of Arundel, entering in Arundel, sorry, Arundel, Arundel's a place near where we live, Arundel, interacting with guests, which I love. Again, Disney are obviously following in that uh, kind of those footsteps of trying to make these lands more interactive. We've seen it with places like Galaxy's Edge, so I like that they're doing that with Frozen Land as well. Um, last week, they did also have a special grand opening for cast members and special guests in attendance did include the man himself, Bob Iger. Very, very exciting. And cast members got to explore the land, test out the new attraction, and they were treated to a very special drone show in honour of Frozen as well. I saw that drone show. It looked incredible. I, the, the drones are very exciting. At the moment, they're only in Paris and Hong Kong, but hopefully we will see them in parks all over the world. Speaking of which, we've had a further glimpse at the upcoming Zootopia Land, which is planned for Shanghai Disney, Disney's newest Disney resort. I'm excited about this. And you're right, Tash, it seems like immersive lands and this kind of really like interactive theming is the way that theme parks are heading. And I think that Universal were probably the pioneers in that when they created the Wizarding World. And then they've subsequently got things like Nintendo Land with all the Mario stuff. And then we're seeing it more and more in Disney, as you say, Galaxy's Edge, Pan- Galaxy's Edge Pandora. Also, we've got things like Avengers Campus, this Frozen Land, and now this Zootopia Land. So it definitely feels like any new expansions that are going to be coming over the next few years will be more of the same, these kind of like submersive lands. What land would you like to see, Tash, if you could pick any 
land, what would it be? Oh, that is a very good question. I feel like you've put me on the spot there and I need to put some thought into this. I don't know. I know that there is speculation about a villain's land, so I would very much like to see that as kind of like the opposite of fantasy land. Um, but that is something that could happen in the future, maybe. I don't know. On the top of my head, that is something. Maybe we need to do a whole episode of this, like an elevator pitch of potential Disney lands. I think that sounds good. Very good. What do you like? Um... I don't know. I I still really like my idea of changing Walt Disney Studios to like a French, like Disney's California adventure and then like Disney's French adventure to like very like Parisian streets with like, um, I was going to say promiscuous bell. That's a whole different park. Provincial bell, um, (laughs) wandering the streets and then like hunchback, quasi, obviously the Ratatouille ride. So yeah, I'd like to see some sort of like, French kind of cobbled street land with all the French characters popping out, you know, Duchess and the kittens, that sort of thing. Nice. That sounds great. And we also have some movie news today. And Bob Iger, the man himself again, he teased on Good Morning America last week that a Frozen 4 might be on in the works alongside Frozen 3. And he also confirmed that Jennifer Lee is currently working hard on not just one story, but two. So very, very intriguing. And we also have the first reviews for Wish In after the movie premiered last week. And there's some uh, there are some early disappointing reviews saying that the film feels a little half-baked and has too much nostalgia crammed into it. Now, I'm really disappointed to hear this because I've been very excited for Wish and all the hype that it's receiving. But it is released into cinemas next week. So at some point, either next week or the following week, Mercedes and I will be bringing you our full review of Wish ourselves. I think it's actually this week when this goes out that it's coming out, no? Isn't it the 22nd? Yeah, you're right. It's Yeah, it's this Yeah, it's this weekend, so we're pre-recording this, so it would be next week. But yeah, yeah. this goes out, it comes out this week. I feel like I really hope this is a situation where the critics and the fans disagree because how can a movie have too much nostalgia? I feel like nostalgia is exactly what drives disney adults and like childless millennials and well i'm not a childless millennial anymore but i still consider myself a disney adult and therefore i feel like i'm here for the nostalgia but anyway we will see remains to be seen and wrapping up this week's news we've got a little bit of news from a galaxy far far away and there is some new star wars merchandise available on the shop disney website to celebrate 2023's life day there we are very nice indeed and that pretty much concludes everything that's been happening in the world of disney this week we're now going to move on to the main part of the episode a little mercedes and tash chat disney catch up so it does feel like it's been a while since we've actually done this properly together. I mean, we did have one episode where we talked about the Haunted Mansion a few weeks ago. And then the past couple of weeks, we've kind of done it separately, but together, if you know what I mean. So due to the power of editing, it sounds like we're together, but we're actually not. Um, But yeah, this is the first time that we've actually been able to have like good back and forth back here on the Chat Disney podcast, which I am delighted about. And I was just looking through and it feels like you left us ages ago because when you left us, we were halfway through our Disney princess costuming mini series, which feels yeah. like a lifetime ago. Yeah. So my baby was actually early. Um, Tash and I had planned to sort of like batch record all of the Disney princess costuming episodes and in traditional um, and true Mercedes and Tash fashion we kept postponing it and um, we do this whenever we're like oh let's re-record oh, let's pre-record next week's episode so we're like one step ahead it inevitably never happens um so we kept being like oh we'll do two next week oh we'll do two the following week oh we'll do two next week 
And unfortunately, this time it got the better of us. And it meant that we hadn't finished that series when my baby was born. Um, Now, I don't know if many of you know this, but for first time babies, it is actually really, really, really common for the baby to be kind of two weeks late. Um, So I stupidly thought that that's what would happen. And um, it was not. So that is is basically um, what happened. I actually had tickets to see the Haunted Mansion booked for (laughs) the day after my baby was born and um, that's how confident I was that he was going to be late um but yeah he he was early so apologies for that but I listened to the rest of the series Tash and I found it really interesting I loved all of the kind of historical elements and 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 so on that you that you gave and and the research that you'd done it was really a nice full and well-baked series and very much keeping me sane in those early weeks with a newborn I feel like podcasts were my one and only friend at kind of 2am during a feed yeah I can definitely relate to that it was much the same for me when my baby Theo was first born and of course kind of filling your shoes uh, while you've been away we have had a couple of different guests on so one of the first people to help me out was our good friend Laura and she joined me to talk about the countries that we'd love to see in Epcot's World Showcase and Mercedes I know that you're a big big fan of the world showcase and it's specifically eating your way around the world so if you listen to this episode I would love to know what your thoughts were and what episode what episodes what countries you would have contributed to the world showcase just for a little reminder off the top of my head I think mine were Greece Jamaica and I forget the other one um South America maybe and then Laura's were um, South America that's a continent (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah maybe it wasn't it was <laughs> no but was it Col- I think no I think I said like Colombia or something I think like you that. said a country like, South America, yeah. <laughs> um and then I think Laura said what did Laura say Laura also said Jamaica she had she had a um Atlantis or something Atlantis that's right yeah and then I think she had where else did she have I can't remember no did she have another European? I don't know. No, I no, she know. had a Middle Eastern. She had... Oh, yes, 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 of course. Iraq. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yes, I did listen to the episode and I remember I was actually texting you as I was listening to it, like, oh, this would be a good idea. And then, you know, as sod, Sod's Law and, um, as I say, typical Mercedes and Tash, we are of one mind at many, many occasions. Um, I'd listen five minutes later and Tash would say exactly the thing I just texted her. Um, but yes, I also thought of Greece immediately when I saw that you guys were recording this. It was like the obvious choice, right? You've got Hercules you've got all the Greek mythology I just feel like there's so much they could do with that and the food as well I'm actually not a huge lover of Greek food but I know that I am definitely in the minority with that opinion um what would I add I loved all of your picks I think you both had really really good ideas and I love the Disney links that you had as well I did feel quite passionately about Laura's Atlantis that that cannot be there because it is a fictional place I feel like I really hate the new Guardians Pavilion which is like a fictional plan it it makes me really cross and um I don't want to see fictional countries in the world showcase so no Atlantis but everything else I felt was great I feel really passionately same as you there is no South American representation at all um and before you come at me and say oh but Mexico Mexico is not in South America it's in Central America it's Latin but it's not it's not South America so yes South America 100% and there's no South Asian representation there's no like India or do you know what I mean you've just got China and Japan which is very very eastern so there's so many parts of the world that just aren't represented and same with Africa to be honest with you as well like you've got Morocco which is in Africa but it's North Africa it's basically European um so yeah I feel very passionately that there are lots of continents in the world that just aren't represented it is basically just Europe with some North is Europe and North America, so the West with two token Eastern Asian <laughs> countries thrown in. Um, and so yeah, I feel like if I had to pick three, as much as I love the Greek idea, we do have a lot of European representation. So I probably do a Colombia, same as you. You can have loads of Encanto stuff there. Um, I'd have an India 100 percent And then oh, maybe I would just have Greece as my third one. 
Cool. Yeah. Good. Good picks. Yeah. Like, there's no, again, no Australia, no New Zealand. There's there. They they are severely lacking in their uh, continent representation there. But yeah, some some good picks. I really like talking about hypotheticals. I think that this is definitely something that we should do more on the Chat Disney podcast. We did it with rides that we would like to see a couple of years ago, and obviously we're just discussing there in the news about lands that we would like to see. So um, yeah, this is something that I always really really enjoy doing. And we did it with restaurants. And one of the restaurants that we said is actually a thing now. So we were like, oh, I'd love to see Tiana's Palace. And that is actually a thing there now. There it is. And there it is. And Laura wasn't the only person that kind of stepped in to fill your shoes while you're away. We also, of course, had lovable Disney historian Bob Sangwell joining us. And he chatted to me all about Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, which he wrote his thesis on back in back in the day. Um, Mercedes, did you get to listen to this episode as well? I did. Tasha, I've listened to all the episodes, <laughs> right? I'm nothing if not a Chat Disney loyalist. And I love when Bob comes on the podcast. It was funny, actually, my sister's boyfriend was saying the other day, oh, I love Bob. Um, you know, as though he's met him or like they're they're good friends. But I think that when you listen to anything with Bob Sangwell, whether it's the Chat Disney podcast or any other appearances that he has, he does just make you feel like, you know, he's a friendly, familiar face. And um, I feel like yeah. we've met him, but we've only met him through like the power of technology. <laughs> I know. Right. We've only like video called him. Um, but yeah. So, yeah. Thank you so much to to Laura and to Bob for for filling my shoes while I was out. And um, yeah, it's always a pleasure, as I say, in the middle of the night, listening to the podcast. I have kind of like five podcasts that I have that I listen to every week. And um, I remember one week there was a slight delay in getting the Chat Disney podcast up. And I was like, Tash, I need something to listen to. I'm losing my mind. Um, you sent me a really good podcast, actually, as well. A bit controversial, but it was about J.K. Rowling and the whole like um, transfer. Well, it wasn't just about that. But yeah, it was a really interesting podcast that, yeah, any any podcast recommendations that anyone has that aren't about parenting, I would love to listen to. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that I mean, yeah, not chat, not Disney at all. But yeah, that JK Rowling one is really good as a little side note. Um, what else did we talk about? I talked a little bit about my trip to California next year, which is something we will definitely go into more detail about next year. And yeah, I'm very excited about this. And I also like I, I know that we're going to um talk about this at the end of today's episode in the segment. So spoiler alert. Um, but I know that when Laura was on the show, you spoke about whether or not you would character dine. Um, and we will explore that at the end of today's episode in a little um, segment of Let Your Conscience Be Your Guide. However, I just want to weigh in on this because you know how I feel about character dining. Life is too short. Money comes and goes. Do the character dine. I don't care how much it is, right? This is me. Um, the Yeah, the maybe the devil on your shoulder. I feel like Laura probably is going to be the devil on your shoulder as well, let's be honest. But I, I'm i very much for the character dying. I'm very much for the character dying as well. It's just getting other certain people on board. But I feel like if it's going to be a surprise, then we don't really need to get them on board until... 100%. And I mean... Who's going to be cross about that? Most people will be on board anyway. So it's... Yeah. Do it. I say do it. I um, look forward to listening to that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it was really interesting to see hear what Laura had to say about it, because I think what she recommended was not necessarily what I would have gone with if I was just looking mm. online. So interesting it was her thoughts. But yeah, Disney dining is, of course, something in terms of my trip to America is something we'll definitely touch upon probably early next year. And it's something I'm really keen to talk to you about, Mercedes, because obviously you have been to California a lot more recently than I have. And I know that dining is something that you always really plan very strategic strategically. Mm. So I'm keen to know some of the restaurants and things that you would recommend from your trip. Exciting. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also talked a little bit about Disney Plus and what to watch on Disney Plus. This is an episode that Mercedes and I usually do every year. Well, every year since Disney Plus has been around. So two years, maybe I think this is its third year. Um, so anything that you're watching, you've had, I mean, I don't want to say you've had a lot of time because you've been very busy with a newborn, but as we, well, as if you've had a newborn, you may know that there is a lot of time sitting around with a newborn sleeping on you peacefully. So there's quite a bit of time to watch television. So I imagine that you may have checked out some new Disney Plus material in that time, Mercedes. 
I've checked out new and old Disney Plus material. I feel like I've definitely got my money out of my Disney Plus subscription since my baby was born. What have I watched? So I've rewatched Modern Family. Um, that was something that I had on in the early days when I was still kind of in the thick of newborn sleep deprivation and just the overwhelming, you know, shock to the system that is being responsible for a life. And I just wanted something on in the background that was completely mind numbing that I'd watched before that felt familiar. Um, I think they've actually proven scientifically that anxiety sufferers re-watch old TV shows because it's that comfort blanket because it feels like you know old faces old friends or whatever and um, so for me during this um difficult stage when I got my puppy peeking many moons ago it was keeping up with the Kardashians uh, this time around with the birth of my son it was Modern Family that kept me going so lots of Modern Family, um, modern family when I started watching Modern Family on your recommendation at the end of my pregnancy when I went on maternity leave and we watched a lot of it in the early days and I specifically remember there was one time I think it was like the first or second day that we brought my son home from hospital and we were lying in bed watching it on my laptop and I remember my husband was laughing so much and my baby was on his chest like two day old baby and I was really worried that like the amount that he was laughing and shaking was going to be like shaking the baby too much and I remember asking the health visitor about it and she looked at me like I was mental and she was like it's fine (laughs) I had a lovely moment like that. So it was, I had a bit of a, a an awful time when my baby was born. So sadly, day two, I was still in the hospital on morphine, I think. But I think it must have been like day eight, which was like my day two. Um, and my husband and I were sleeping in shifts because sadly we have a baby who does not like to sleep at night. Well, he's better now, but at the time he didn't. And um, I was downstairs on the sofa with him with a big duvet around us and it was 6am and I just managed to make a cup of tea and some Marmite toast that became like my staple breakfast. I had it in the hospital every day and I felt like I had to continue it when I got home. And we, all, I had Modern Family on. He was asleep on me. I had this Marmite tea and the, uh, Marmite tea. That would be nice. Marmite toast and tea. And Pekin, my pug, was curled up at the foot of the sofa as well. And I put Modern Family on. And it was the Disneyland episode. And that was the first day I think I was like, okay, there are nice moments <laughs> in this. Um, and it isn't all sleep deprivation and screaming. Um, so yeah, that was a really nice moment. But I have watched some more recent modern things as well. Um, so obviously Once Upon a Studio, and that was, you know, one of the greatest things. I know you did a whole um episode on that. So definitely that's a big, big recommendation from me. The Colleen Rooney documentary. Have you watched that? Yeah, I watched that recently. I have no interest or previously had no interest in Colleen Colleen Rooney whatsoever. But I was like, I'm going to watch this. And I literally binged it in like two days. It was great. So good. So, so good. I love like that whole like Hun culture and like Wags is very much part. I loved it. I was living for it. I was like, get the popcorn. It was fantastic. I remember when that happened, I was working for um, a social listening company at the time. And like, it was the biggest thing on social media. Like when she (laughs) tweeted, it's Rebecca Vardy's account. Like that was, that is like peak pop culture that will go down in history. So I was definitely watching this documentary. Um, I'm also absolutely loving Only Murders in the Building. Oh my God, I am obsessed. I think it's one of the greatest TV shows. It's top 10 for me. Do you know what? Controversially, I loved season one. I was so into it, binged it. I'm on season two and like, I'm still enjoying it, but I'm not like I watched an episode yesterday and then I'll probably watch one over the weekend. But it's kind of more like, a, oh, yeah, I haven't got anything else to watch. I'll watch this. Like, I don't know what it is, but I'm just not as mm. into what I would say about season two is I think on like episode six or seven, I was like, this is definitely not as strong as season one. But then when it concludes, when you find out who the killer is, I was like, oh, actually, this is really good. Hey, interesting. Yeah, I think I'm on maybe like episode six now. So yeah, I'll I'll keep going. 
I enjoy it because I like a mystery. Like I love playing like mystery, like murder mystery type games with my family and stuff like that. And I loved The Traitors when that was on last year. And I successfully worked out who the murderer was in season one and in season three. So I felt really like I didn't actually work it out in season two. I thought it was really clever um, in season two. I actually can't remember even who it was now, but I just remember being like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I remember. But yeah, when you find out who did it, you're like, ah, oh, this is really clever. Um, so yeah, so watch that. And then I've been watching, I've been watching all the Disney classics. I say with my son. I mean, he can't really pay attention to the television, but I'm only watching Disney movies in sequence. Um, and we just watched Alice in Wonderland. So Peter Pan's our next one. Um, which yeah, I'm enjoying kind of sharing that with him. Nice, lovely. Yeah, I am. Um watched my like first proper Disney film with my son the other day and um we've watched like bits of things before and he's watched a lot of like the like the songs on like YouTube and things like that and he loves things like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse but I was like I want to sit down and watch his like first proper film and I was like I don't know if he's gonna be that into Snow White and also like is it a bit scary with the witch so we watched Dumbo because he loves trains he loves animals and I was also like, that's a really special film about like a mother-son relationship. And he got halfway through. So we did it in two parts and he loved it. He just like narrated the whole, like every time he saw like an animal that he knew he would say that. And like, he constantly was being like, choo-choo train and stuff. It was really cute. That so- is cute. I always think that Dumbo is like yours and Theo's film. And um, I had a really special moment with my son the other day watching Disney Plus, but it wasn't uh, during Dumbo. It was actually during the Kardashians. Um, So I watch it every Thursday. And in, I don't think it was the most recent episode. I think it was the one before Shania Twain was there at like a wedding, like the actual Shania Twain. And she was singing, still the one, you're still the one. And I was holding Teddy because he was being rocked to sleep. And it's like something about you'll always be my baby. And I was like singing it like silly. And then I was like, oh, actually, these words are really nice. And actually, maybe this is our song. So I've decided that that song, Still the One by Shania Twain, is mine and uh, Ted's song. Ah, uh, all thanks to the Kardashians. Kardashian. I know, right? Every, a lot of things in life are thanks to the Kardashians, to be fair. But there we are. Absolutely. And then what else have we talked about on the Chat Disney podcast? I feel like after that, you started sort of dipping in and out again a little bit. Um, Obviously, you did the Disney 100 expedition. Expedition? I can't get words out today. Exhibit <laughs> last week, um, which I'm going to in. I'm not going until January because I'm going with my parents. And it was the first available date that we could get where we were all free. Um, So I'm very excited. I actually didn't listen to your part of the episode in its entirety because I didn't want there to be like, of spoilers I know you were keeping it as spoiler free as possible but I did see your photos on Instagram and it did look amazing so I am very excited yeah it is um an episode where I tried to keep it spoiler free and there's definitely like two halves to it so if you were wondering if it's something you can listen to the first half is kind of like logistic practical advice which if you're going or you want to go and you're not really sure I would definitely recommend listening to because there are a few things that they do tell you all of this when you book it but sometimes like you kind of gloss over it but things like there aren't any toilets there aren't there's nowhere to get like a glass of water like that kind of stuff um, definitely would have influenced my decision. I mean, I'd already decided I wasn't going to take my baby with me, but had I known that, like there was no toilet in there, for example, I definitely wouldn't take him because it's like, well, where the hell am I meant to change him? Um, so that kind of stuff. And then things like, um, I think the biggest thing to note, and again, it's it's not a spoiler, it's like a really practical, handy thing to know, is that it's like an art gallery or a museum, but it's really, really weird in that it's very British and no one overtakes anyone. So it's really slow moving because everyone's like reading everything, obviously. And so they say that like the average person will get through it in an hour. That's absolute nonsense. It's like you're in the first room for like half an hour because everyone's being so slow and it's like, not the etiquette so for example say like for you Tash there's a massive Star Wars section and you're like I'm not interested in this it's I'm I'm sure you could just go through but like that wasn't really the etiquette like everyone was staying single file going around it was really odd Mm, that is interesting that's what it's almost like on like a little conveyor belt (laughs) it was like a queue it was like a ride queue with artifacts in 
course, like you couldn't uh, operate as if they're in a, in a ride queue <laughs> exactly but like you couldn't like say you're in a queue and like I actually get really annoyed with this. You know, when you're in a queue and you're like taking a picture of something and someone like tries to cut in front of you and you're like, hang on, like, wait one bloody second. <laughs> I said bloody. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I said it. It's really annoying. Um, but this was very like that. It was like if someone was spending a like very long time at one thing, it was like not the etiquette to cut in front of them. You kind of had to wait patiently. And if it was something you didn't really care for, it was quite annoying. Okay, interesting. I'll bear that in mind when I go. Um, and of course, the other thing that we spoke about as well is Disneyland Paris plans next year. And of course, you touched a little bit upon your trip to Disneyland Paris, which will be obviously your son's first trip. And that is, again, something that we will talk about in more detail, certainly very early next year, because you're going in February. But yes. I am very excited for you to go on that trip. I'm very excited to hear what your experience is like with going with Ted in that. Because he'll be how old? Five months, six months? He'll be just about to turn six months. Okay, perfect. So that is what I said would be like the perfect age if I was. Let's see if you, let's so see if you were right. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see. I think one of the things I've found out in my very short time as a parent is that every child is so different. And so it'll be interesting to see, like you say that with Theo, you think six months would have been a really good age. Like, let's hope that's the case with my child. But it could be a complete, I I could have been like, what were you talking about, Tash? One would have definitely been the right age for him because he's doing this. And like, I think you've just got to play it by ear. But what I'm really excited about is the other day I was reading a story to him and my sister was with me and he was like really looking at the pages in the book and smiling and she went oh he will enjoy Disneyland and I was like what do you mean and like why are you like what's made you say that now and she was like well up until this point he's just sort of looked around the room deadpan giving everyone side eye and I thought that like when we take him to Disneyland he'll just be like just completely like emotionless but the fact that he can smile at like a picture in a book and I and it's funny that you know like it's not a silly thing for her to say at all I had a similar moment in one of his baby sensory classes where we had like this light up ceiling and we had these like light up wands and he was absolutely transfixed and I was like oh my god he's gonna love the drones and he's gonna love the parade and like I can see that already and he's only three months and this is like you know the time he's been alive again right double his age six months he's going to be so engaged by everything I can't wait definitely I mean it is absolutely sensory overload for them so like I can't imagine anything more stimulating for a six-month-old baby than a trip to Disneyland yeah I can't wait but yeah I very much like obviously we're going to talk about this trip lots over the coming months but I'm very much like going with no expectation and I understand that there's certain rides I probably won't get the opportunity to go on and that kind of thing I do have a few like must do items like I'm not leaving unless I've done these things um, and for me that's probably going to be the two Avenger Campus as Avengers Campus attractions because obviously they're new um, the drones, I swear to God, if I go to Disneyland Paris one more time and those drones don't happen, I'm going to be so pissed off. I've the three nights, I think I've been in Disneyland Paris and they've said, uh, Madame and Messieurs, due to a technical difficulty or whatever, like that's not happening. We're watching the drones. Um, and yeah, that's probably it, actually. And well, I don't know. There's a couple of rides. I say like, oh, I've got a really short list of it, but like let's be honest phantom manor pirates of the caribbean um but yeah that that is genuinely it absolutely yeah well i'm very excited for you to have your first first trip of many with with your baby boy yes Um, Yes. yeah i mean i think that's like a little summary of pretty much most of the stuff that we have covered um since you've kind of been away and then sort of dipping your toe back into the chat disney podcast fingers crossed from now now on here on in obviously we now have to make multiple people's schedules work because of childcare as well but hopefully from now on we will be back to our regular recording setup where we are both present for for an episode but you may have to bear with us if there is the odd episode here where it is slightly different 
But do let us know what you want to hear from us going forward now that we are back as Mercedes and Tash on Chat Disney. As always, you can reach us on Instagram at Chat Disney. Or you can find us on Twitter at Chat Disney UK. And hey, Tash, I feel like all the while there's one of us, we're bossing it. The problem will come when you tune in and it's like, hi, I'm Fred and you're listening to Chat Disney, <laughs> right? Like, you know, as long as there's one of us, the Chat Disney podcast is thriving. I mean, yeah, we've never missed an episode in four and a half years. So easy. Yeah, we'll be celebrating our fifth birthday next year, if you can believe it. So. Wow, I actually can't. <laughs> That's actually crazy. I still what the hell? Come up with content week after week, but there we go. I have one final thought to share with everybody. I have discovered a new podcast that I've added to my list of usuals and I am utterly obsessed with it. So it's called the Zetus Lapitas podcast. I don't really know what that means or why why it's called that. But anyway, it's presented by Mammoth Club, who are, you might know Molly from, she used to do um, All Ears, but she started Mammoth Club with her husband, Alan, and her friend, Max. And it's basically them reviewing and ranking all of the Disney Channel original movies. And it is amazing. Like, oh, there's just so much trash. Like the 13th year was one that I really remembered, which was the one where like the boy turns into a mermaid. I don't know if you ever saw that one, Tash. And then you've got like Cheetah Girls, Go Figure, which is the ice skating one and the Even Stevens movie. And then obviously you've got like all the high school musicals. I highly highly recommend giving this a listen and one of the most surprising things about it all and and like I well I think it's one of the most surprising things but also really really weird and Tash you can vouch for me on this Molly who presents it with Alan and Max has got like a really weird obsession with Armageddon and they talk about it every week they have to try and link the movie back to Armageddon And not only do I enjoy linking actors together, it's kind of like my side piece, my party trick, if you will. I am also really weirdly obsessed with 1998 Smash Hit Armageddon and used to make everyone watch it and love the ride in Paris, even though it was absolute garbage. And I just, it makes the podcast even more enjoyable for me. So go watch it, listen to it, even enjoy it. Nice. I will definitely give that a lesson. A, a lesson. I can't speak today. A listen. That sounds really, really fab. But for now, that pretty much concludes the main crux of our episode. We're now going to move into the final segment, a very special segment with Laura of Always Let Your Conscience Be Your Guide. So for today's segment of Always Let Your Conscience Be Your Guide, I am welcoming back once again, she's a frequent visitor of the (laughs) Chat Disney podcast these days, it is our lovely friend Laura. Hello, how are we doing? We are all good, thank you Laura. So Laura, you're a Chat Disney listener, you know that I am going to California with my family next year, you know that that that's going to be a mixture of people from avid Disney fans like myself, um children from the age of three to eight and then some people i.e my brother-in-law who i'm not really bothered about coming on this trip at all (laughs) no i joke he's not into disney at all um so there's going to be a real mix of of interests i would say on this and one thing that i really want to do because my dad is very kindly treating us to to this trip is to treat everyone to character dining yeah my husband benji and i have spoken about this already and I guess there is the thing of, I think the kids will get really into it. I don't know how my sister, for example, my sister would enjoy it, but I don't know how into it she would be. And then my brother-in-law, I can imagine, would probably hate it. Right. So I guess my dilemma is, is it going to be worth it mm-hmm. for the money that it's going to cost? And also there are a couple of different options. Yeah. What do you think would be the best in terms of you recently did character dining on your trip you recently took to California what what do you think the best you know taking aside my family politics and family (laughs) dynamic what was your take on both your character dining experiences in California and which one would you recommend to me okay so I do have a very clear recommendation out of the two I did um but quick tangent as well is that there's a lot of dining experiences that are worth looking into that aren't necessarily character dining as well which might be worth considering 
Um, so, for instance, I would always recommend maybe doing a blue cryo phantasmic package. Yes, that's because phantasmic should be back when you're back. Um, I prefer it's either blue bayou or river bell. Both are really nice, but blue bayou is the restaurant that's in the Paris Caribbean yeah. area. It's not actually the most expensive meal we had out there. It is beautiful food, especially for you. I think there's a few more veggie options and different things if you're feeling a bit cheeky. Um, so yeah, um, and also the other thing I would consider is the world of color dessert package. Um, again, it's not cheap. I think it's like ninety nine dollars per person, but you do get a big plate of cheese and like cakes and stuff, and it's nice cake, and you get a drink as well with that. And the kids get these really nice Mickey Mouse like cups for free. Um, but it's just the the security of having really good viewing for the yeah. world of color is worth it. Um, so yeah, just a quick tangent on there. So the two character dining experiences I did, I did the Plaza, which is the one that's in the Disneyland Park. Um, so yeah, we have a plaza in Paris as well, I believe, and we also, it's probably the closest thing is the Crystal Palace in yeah. Orlando. Um, and then we did Storytellers, which is, um, I guess, Inventions, if we're going down that route, or is in the equivalent of the Grand Floridian, which is the Grand California. So I'm going to, plaza's quite quick, so I'm just going to um, snap that off. So plaza was Minnie Mouse, yeah. my friends. So Minnie is your host. You come in, you have a quick meet and greet with Minnie. Obviously, she is beautiful and lovely. Um, and then you can go in and you can have your buffet breakfast. So you sit down, have your buffet breakfast. Um, you can just get up and get it. It's self-serve. Um, it's unlimited, however much you want to eat. And the characters come out of your table, pretty standard. So we had Chippendale and Pluto and Eeyore, uh, not Eeyore, um, Tigger and Pooh, I think, were our ones. Um, so one thing I would say with this buffet-style thing, just checking around you who's near you because like sometimes it's worth waiting to go and get your food until the characters have come to you um we had that both times where like quite a few characters have come to us and actually we split because there was only two of us so abby went and got her food and then i went and got mine and pluto came to us while i got mine and she said oh my friends and he kind of signed that he'd come back but they don't always come back yeah. so just be careful with that because in my mind, character dining is always 100% worth it because you get proper interactions with the characters while you're eating, especially when you've got kids who don't want to do the queue times and stuff like that. Queues for characters can be quite long. You can normally cross off all of your must-meets with a character dine. Like Mickey's normally at one, Minnie's normally at one. You normally can get princess one. There's a special princess one in LA as well, which I haven't done. Um, yeah, so Plaza, it was great, but it's in the park. It was a bit busier. The food options were slightly different. So, for instance, in the park, you kind of got more traditional American things like biscuits and gravy and stuff. So it depends what you're after. I do like a bit of biscuits and gravy, but I personally would go for storytellers over the two. Um, just because the plaza did feel a bit more rushed. And we did have lovely cast member experiences. Every experience with the um, characters was really lovely. They were really warm, really cuddly. But you had also more of kind of like the mothers hovering with their children trying to get in or like the character moments stuff like that as well so there was just that little bit of awkwardness because you're in the park yeah. um so storytellers is what i would like to focus on and what i would urge you to go for okay. um, storytellers was right so inventions when we went in 2020 was beautiful and that was because it was the four of us and we are very silly and got very much into it and everything as well storytellers was like a whole other level because the characters were already on that level and like doing these interactions and then they got to us and we were silly and interacting and it just it just was ridiculous um so we sat down um had the buffet style food got given um all these character dining experiences they give you badges as standard when you come in as well so you get the pins and stuff um so we got our badges as we went in we said okay we have them and then um the characters came around so storytellers is mickey and friends yeah and they're all in their kind of campfire um so we had mickey minnie chippendale and pluto were the five who were walking around on this day and um they kind of walk around and greet you and everything and it's all lovely and so pluto came first and i was like you know gave pluto a hug said oh he's such a good boy and what's he been doing with mickey and i asked you know what they've been up to or has he been keeping chippendale in tow you know um had this whole interaction uh, this was very much a wait for the characters to come around before you eat moment. Yeah. Um, they came over. There were a couple of things that they said, do you want them, which weren't on the buffet area. So it was the beignets, which obviously you want them. Of course. Um, and um, they said like about chicken selects or something as well. And Abby loves her junk food when she's away. So she was like, yep, bring me everything chicken nuggets wise. So 
they went and they brought that back. So that kind of got brought back as Pluto was there. So we were like pretending to give Pluto our food off the table and stuff as well. Um, and there was a lovely family next to us. It was them and their little girl. Um, and this is another thing as well. When you're character dining, I think it's really nice to kind of look around you. And I know you'll do this, but like when there's a family of three, I'll always be like, can I take your photo for you? Yeah. So that the dad or the mum still get to be in the photo with me too with yeah. the kids. Um, and then they always like offered to do that fact, but then you get those really cute interactions. And this little girl actually, because we were interacting with the character so much, I started to kind of bring her in to interact with us. And Mickey brought her a badge. And at the end of the day, she came to me and she was like, I want you to have my badge from Mickey. Aww. And gave me this badge from Mickey. And honestly, like Mickey had given me one himself. Yeah. And, like, the other one. So I have a few of this badge, but it just meant so much. It was so cute. Um, but yeah, storytellers, all the cast members and the people working in there, they just seemed so happy to be there. Like everyone was really cheerful and couldn't help you enough. And like they were coming back and forth with the drinks and things. And I don't know if it's because it's kind of their five star resort, you know? Yeah. But the service was just insanely good. And the food was really nice. So you had like I took the brunch option. I'd say go for brunch or for breakfast. Yeah. Because you can book the kind of lunchtime yeah. thing there. Um and they had really good salads. Like the salad options, it was a really nice healthy plate of food okay. I had. And I felt like, because often after like having a big Disney meal, especially in Orlando, I can feel quite lethargic. Yeah. Didn't feel that at all. Didn't feel sick. Didn't feel like I'd overeaten. It was just perfect. Um, and yeah, the interactions with the characters, they just kept coming back. Like it was like inventions. You know, Goofy kept coming back and like knocking Steph's ears off. We had that kind of thing where like we were joking around and then like um, Pluto ended up fake proposing to Abby and that happened. And then I was joking with Dale and then Dale ended up proposing to me. And like we were like, I just bought this ring. I'm wearing saying like I ended up having it on that finger, and then we we're like joking around. Then Minnie ran off and then came back with party hats to celebrate our engagement. So Aww. like you know, and we ended up with this massive group photo. And then they went, and then Dale came back again with yeah. a bit of paper and had written me a love letter. How busy was it? It was quite busy, but okay. it wasn't like it was like it was a restaurant. It was like a yeah. restaurant. It was like, I feel like when we did inventions, it wasn't that busy, and that's why we got Probably a lot of around the. Same. One one time, we, but we were yeah. like one of the last. So the thing is, we were like yeah. at the lo- at the last kind of seating I'd booked right. for us, um, because I wanted to have it closer to lunch, and then I booked for yeah. like a slightly earlier dinner. Yeah, because um, this was our Disney Village day, so our downtown Disney day. Um, so they they just kept coming back and interacting. The thing is, there were lots of people waiting around and everything, but because we were like, it's like I said in the episode I was in a, a few weeks ago. Like, if you're silly with them and you interact with them, you get more back. Absolutely. Um, so that's my only concern for you is, like, if your brother-in-law doesn't necessarily work. But I think if you guys are, it will still happen and the kids will get involved. Yeah, I mean, I obviously will. I yeah. think Benji obviously will. Um, will. And, you know, there's three kids. Like, my... I don't know what the littlest two... This is another thing we'll make of it. So I think Theo, my son, at the moment, he's at the age where he can get quite overwhelmed mm-hmm. by stuff. But I'm hoping by then he'll be okay. Um, and then my niece, my youngest niece, who will be, th- she'll be three. Yeah. Um, I think she'll be really into it. And then my eldest niece, Sophie, who will, will be eight. Yeah. I think she'll love it. I think yeah. it will be, I think she will absolutely so. love it. And I think especially if like, me and Benji get really into it and then I think just by that I think my parents will probably just find it hilarious yeah um and I think my sister will I think my sister will get into it a bit as well yeah um just by everyone else getting into it and then I think if everyone is kind of enjoying it and you know like you can't my brother-in-law will hopefully I think so so my my ex get into it bless him he he um was a bit more like he he was a listener I like to call it so we'd sit and listen Uh he would never like fill the room yeah um and he would end up laughing and everything with it. Like, there was one time we were at inventions and Goofy kicked him off the table so he could have a date with me. Love that. And I thought he was going to, like, die laughing. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's really hard to not yeah. engage when they're... So I think you will be fine. I think if enough of you were there, but I just think there was something... I think because maybe people have to be in the in downtown Disney and everything to be in Storytellers, and like, yeah. specifically they will book Storytellers for that, whereas yeah. Guaza, I think, is more like, oh, we need to eat in the park, oh, two birds, one yeah. stone, it's... You know, it's a bit more like that. Um, also, storytellers, Mickey's there. He's not at the table. Uh-huh. Um, so, I yeah, it just, it was just so good. And the food was so good as well. Like, everything was just perfect about it. Yeah. And, like, something that could be, like, I'd just dropped my phone as we were walking in and smashed it to smithereens. And I was just oh, having, really? like, 
a series of unfortunate events over those days. I had an issue with the car hire place as well, where they'd like stolen $300 off my card. Oh, oh, it was a nightmare. So I was like, something that I could have been potentially like really stressed and grumpy for, like all of those worries just went. Yeah. Um, and it just completely took away. And like I said, like I got engaged, like it was really special. I texted my boyfriend telling him we'd been outdone by a chipmunk, you know, and it was just the fact that they back kept coming back and it got to the point that like the cast members had to be like okay guys like we've finished serving lunch now you need to yeah. leave to <laughs> mickey and friends <laughs> because like there was just so much enjoyment and we got this amazing photo of like um me abby mickey minnie and chip and dale and like we're all just laughing and chip and dale have got their party hats on for the engagement celebrations and like I it just that. was so much fun and then like at one point like Happy was like, oh, because you know, Nora's always got a soft spot for Mickey, and Minnie was stood right there, and the outrage for Minnie, and I was like, no, I'm not stealing your, you know, just like, it was like the most ridiculous thing, and when you think about it, like, you just have to not think about it, but I just, like, yeah, Storytellers was incredible, I would do it every time. And how, when did you book it? So book it as far in advance as you can, so it's the same deal as Orlando, six weeks in advance, you can book it. Um, so, um, actually I managed to get two slots for storytellers and then we got to choose which one we wanted to go for and I went for, oh no, wait, I'm, I'm lying, I'm talking about Blue Bayou. Blue Bayou is also really hard to book, just FYI, um, but managed to get a lunchtime and a dinner slot. Um, something to notice with these things is that there's often different menus, so if you're not sure, have a look at the menu options and see which menu you prefer. Um, and pricing can be different as well. Yeah. Um, so, storytellers does do dinner and stuff, but character dining is only breakfast yeah. and brunch. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just book it as far as advance as you can. You should be fine in six weeks, six yeah. weeks in advance. If not, dining isn't as competitive. No, no. Yeah, I will um, be I will be on it. Time. Don't you worry. Yeah. Um, and my friend Travelling Red Balloon on Instagram, she would be more than happy to help you get those booked as well. And okay. again, it's free of charge. Amazing. So, Perfect. Yeah. Lovely. Okay. Well, I think you've helped me somewhat, Laura. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm, because I was looking more at the plaza, whereas I think now I am leaning more towards storytellers. Yeah. Um, obviously I'm going to have to have a very in-depth chat with my husband about this. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's not going to be cheap. So watch this space, listeners, and, and we'll see. Hopefully yeah. I can convince him that this is something that will really heighten our holiday. But I think it would. And do you know what I will say is that it's not cheap, but actually it wasn't the most expensive dining experience we had. Because yeah. it's all you can eat as well. So, yeah. you know, there's like the jazz kitchen in downtown Disney, and we were luckily really full by the time we got to yeah. it. If we'd have had what we'd have wanted, that would have been our most expensive I think meal. you also have to factor in, like, yes, it's expensive, but if you do any kind of proper dining, sit-down dining in America, it's going to be, in um, Disney, it's going to be expensive. Plus, you have the added advantage that, you know, if you knock out Mickey and Minnie in one meet and greet, yeah. I mean, this is how I tried to sell it to my husband, and he was like, who are you kidding? Of course, we're still going to go and meet them in their separate meet and greets. Yeah. So I was like, damn it, you but know, you're too well. different. <laughs> but anyway, aside from that, you know, you are meeting, say, if there was, like, a ridiculously long queue and, like, not everyone wanted to do that way, yeah. then you are meeting them there and then. So you definitely do. I think it is worth There's paying the money. There's a huge benefit, especially if you've got kids with you who aren't big queuers. Um, and I think, actually, it wasn't... I think it was, like, $60 each. Yeah, that's really like, not bad. It wasn't yeah. actually that bad. And if you think about it, you're probably right with your first name dining in America. Like, yeah. it's, you know... When, when you do self-serve, you don't have to be tipped yeah. and stuff like that as well. Like It's not actually horrendous, and the experience you get is incredible. Um, I will say as well, it's probably worth looking into Goofy's Kitchen as well, because it's meant to, I didn't get to do Goofy's Kitchen this time. Um, that's in the Disneyland Hotel. That's also meant to be an incredible experience, um, and that's obviously where you see Goofy, whereas you don't in Storytellers. Yeah. Um, but, for instance, at Halloween time, they're in the Halloween costumes in there, Goofy's Kitchen, and there's a Halloween theme there. Uh-huh. Whereas storytellers are still kind of like the five star, like yeah, you know, Mickey's and his campfire yeah. stuff. But I mean, it was just like I, I think you'd really miss out if you could do it. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I, I suspect that we will. I suspect that I will be able to convince my other half. Yeah. Successfully I mean, he's downstairs now, so maybe I can give it. Yeah, you can go and yeah. Kitchen dining is so good. <laughs> anyway, Laura, thank you so much. Absolutely, anytime. Thank you. So there we have it. Laura has spoken and thank you very much again, Laura. And I will, of course, keep you posted on what I decide to do with Laura's advice. And as I said, as always, please do get in touch with us. We are on Instagram at Chat Disney. And Twitter at Chat Disney UK. 
and we will be back next time at the same time and the same place bye for now thank you. bye thank you goodbye now goodbye goodbye thank you goodbye